0: podcast year end review, Esther. Woo-woo-woo. We've never done this before. This is like the 3rd new year, right? That and we've never done a year in review. So I this know. is happening. It's happening. It is. It is happening. Woo-hoo. And I'm really excited because this year doesn't have that many bright points, but I think that like we still read and used a lot of really cool tarot stuff and we're excited to talk about it. Yes, definitely. Super excited. Exactly. Okay. So we just have a very simple, straightforward formula. We have a couple of different categories, some of which I sprung on Esther just now (laughs) uh, because I like to keep things interesting, apparently. And And there's absolutely no scripts whatsoever. So we are fly by the seat of our pants. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we are currently recording at like on New Year's Eve. It's almost 2021 in Korea. We have an hour to go before it's 2021 in Korea, Uh, which leads me to something which we're not going to talk about. But when I was growing up, I obviously grew up in California. My parents always had us celebrate East Coast New Year's because it meant that we had an earlier bedtime. We never stayed up till midnight except for 2000. (laughs) And I think that my family still doesn't stay up till midnight. I know that my plan does not necessarily involve staying up till midnight, but I also Mm -hmm. woke up at 345. To watch right, right, Charmed right. for our Patreon yeah. episode, <laughs> um, but why don't people who are trying to make their children go to bed at a more reasonable hour just use like other continents' times? Like yeah. you could use Korea time, or if you're trying to have it midday, you could do mm-hmm. like England time. I don't know. There's I think so many now options. It's easier.
1: Because it used to not be as easy to get, like, footage from, like, London and Big Ben. That's, like, a, good That's a good point.
0: That's a good point. That's So, but good
1: now it would be easier, like, because you can just fake it on YouTube with the kids.
0: Like, being like, okay, yeah. it's New Year's time now. We're moving up the clocks. Accident. I mean, you do know. it to me, please. I would love to <laughs> think know. that it already has happened. Especially because no one should be leaving their house this New Year's Eve. I know. We all should be in our own mm. homes. In which case, bedtime can happen whenever you want it to. Yes. Definitely. But also... I guess maybe I need to listen to all those Y2K podcasts that came out this year. But like, I think that we probably like me as a Californian child should not have been that worried about Y2K because there were like several oh, like, right. millions of people who'd gone, who'd gone through the transition to 2000 before uh-huh. I did. So I didn't yeah. have to worry about the world ending at midnight on the 1st of January 2000, 2000 Right, everyone, most of the world already had done that. <laughs> Could have saved young Holly many a moments of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and then with my family, it felt like there was like an apocalyptic
1: edge to it. I don't know if it was exactly said that Jesus was coming back, but it was ba- pretty much like... You know, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was on the earth, so therefore, it's very, very possible he could come back
0: this oh year. Oh my god! And all this,
1: I mean, it's just all this stuff from pastors and we had Christian such different radio.
0: experiences as young <laughs> teens because I spent the New Year's Eve of that year at my friend's like local synagogue, and oh, yeah, a big party in the community center of the synagogue, and it was the first time I ever had seltzer water. And there was a boy that I liked there and I didn't talk to him at all the entire night. And I just hung out with my friend Talia and we just ran around and drank a ton of seltzer water and (laughs) didn't think about the second coming of Christ at all because (laughs) I was hanging out with mostly Jewish people. I might've been the only non-Jew in the entire party besides my immediate family. (laughs) And you're oh, over there being like, I don't know, this could be a I don't dust. know, it
1: could be Jesus. It's, it could be Jesus. So we're from for the trumpets A sound. The trumpets, was that a trumpet? No, it was just a song. We're fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, okay. tw- the 2021 New Year's is way less stressful, but also Thank you're about to experience goodness. it. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. I'll let you know how, like with any day, I'm like, okay, the future is really good today. Yeah, you go. exactly.
0: Or the future is freezing cold and freezing my cold boss and keeps showing fight. up unnecessarily. Oh, but. It's <laughs> <very true.
1: laughs> oh my gosh.
0: At the very least, it's going to be a Friday. Yes. Uh,
1: thank, and, and it's a
0: Friday that I have off. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let's start with our favorite tarot book of the year. How about that? Okay. Yes. I want you to what, go first because I'm really excited to hear what your favorite tarot book of the year
1: is. Okay, so my favorite tarot book is technically not a tarot book. Ooh, it's interesting. a tarot guidebook. The okay. R-Tarot guidebook is my yes. favorite tarot book of the year. We, I think we talked about it more like, with our episode interview with Sarah herself.
0: Uh-huh, Sarah, the creator of our tarot Yeah, of
1: our tarot But it's just such a great tarot book that's Like you're able just to get these biographies of the people as well as like the archetypes in tarot in just such a really
0: great, fulfilling way. Totally. So that is very interesting because we kind of had similar strategies for our favorite tarot book of the year. Mine also isn't a book about tarot. It's a book about specific tarot decks. And that is the Painting the Soul, the Tarot Art of David Palladini book. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And it's by David Palladini, who died last year, and Anastasia Hazler. But I think that for both of us, that means that our favorite tarot books were books that talked more about the reason behind the art. Yes. Which is interesting because we just wrote a book about tarot art. (laughs) So it makes sense that we would be really interested in that mindset of tarot books this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a natural progression from like sort of the intro to tarot books that we had been Mm -hmm. reviewing on the podcast a lot the year before last. To then be like, okay, but then what about specific decks themselves? I totally agree with you. Our Tarot is such a good book. Yeah. It's like really interesting from a like learning about historical figures perspective. It's really cool to see Sarah Shipman, the artist, sort of like thought process behind inclusion of people. Um, And it's the same with the David Palladini book. The David Palladini book. David Palladini is the artist of Aquarian Tarot. And then he also did a deck called The New Palladini Tarot in the 90s. And it goes through each card and has one page about the Aquarian Tarot, one page about the New Palladini Tarot. And it has his own words, the artist's own words about what he was attempting to convey with the images. And I just think it's so cool to have the opportunity to see that explanation from the artists themselves. Like, that's what I'm interested in these days.
1: Yeah, because, like, with any sort of, like, other tarot, just general guidebook, you just get, like, what those people interpret the artwork to mean. Like right. You know, or, like, what Ar- what Arthur What Waite, the most like-
0: accepted general meanings are. Right. Almost.
1: Right. And I really like the artist's perspective, like, okay, so, like, for the moon card in our tarot, it's, like, you know, where – was that t- – Jane Eyre? No, it was the writer... Mary Shelley? Shelley? Yeah. Yeah, Uh of Frankenstein. Of Frankenstein, yeah. Where it goes into her story, but also, like, the artwork and what the artwork has to do with it. And I think it just allows us to have, like, a deeper understanding.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, if we had Pixie's writing about the minor cards, I think we have a deeper understanding of what her intentions were with designing the, you know, the RWS, like, artwork Because we have like Arthur waits like semi general thoughts about the cards, but not like specific. Okay, well, this artistic choice was here because of blah blah blah, and I think that's just like I think it just adds a certain depth to decks that we just don't get from like you know any sort of just general guidebook. General guide, yeah.
0: And so there's definitely a place for those, and I have really loved a bunch of them too. I love mantises. Uh, Teresa Reed had one that had a lot of really cool prompts that came out this year too but I just think that reading each artist deck artist specific writings is just so cool and interesting yeah it really is I agree do you have any other favorite books you wanted to talk about? I have a non tarot but sort of esoteric favorite book, and then also a romance book that I wanted to. Okay, say I my
1: d- the book. only other book I had was just Red, White, and Royal Blue because I just yes! really love that book so much.
0: So that is and... a male male romance novel that came out, I think maybe at the end of 2019, but I yeah. read it at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, um, same. and I think that you did too. And the both heroes are like so cool. And one is a Prince of England and the other one is a first son of the United States. He's like the son of the first woman president from Texas. She like turned Texas blue and they are like, sort of snarky enemies to lovers. Yeah. I just totally stole your book, but I freaking That's loved fine. that book. No, it's so, so much. good.
1: Yeah. The book, the book is really good. And I, I really liked it because it was like an alternate timeline to what the past four years were. Mm-hmm. And, and that is in of itself was kind of a healing sort of experience, like through the book, like, giving you a a different chance of hope than what you had like at the beginning of 2020 when everything was kind of going to shit like really quick you're like okay here's like something you could kind of escape
0: in and have like a really good feeling coming out of it so right and i totally agree i thought it was gonna when i started reading it, i was like i don't know if i can handle the alternate universe is it gonna make me too sad but it was it's just like a really beautiful romance and a really beautiful novel you know like it has both components just it's just great yes it is what were your books? My favorite romance of the year was My Fake Rake by Eva Lee. Oh, so yes, it's historical, and it's part of the Union of the Rake series. So Eva Lee is one of our dear friends. Um, she's kind of like a romance landia bud, um, mm-hmm. and her this series is so freaking fun. It's kind of like eighties movie inspired. So this is the second one in that series, and. Uh, the heroine is this woman who runs her family's honey business and she pretends to be this heiress in order to attend this sort of like, I guess, business thing where there's like a lot of investment that might happen and she meets this handsome man and he (laughs) has all this money and she's like lying to him, but it's like very lighthearted somehow Uh And really, really funny and sweet, and it was just, like, a delight from start to finish. So if you're looking for, like, a lighthearted, basically zero angst. Yay! <laughs> like, romance, that would be it. There, it. The stakes are high-ish because, like, her family's business is on the line or whatever, but they never feel that high because she's, like, really smart and capable, and she'll right. you know that she'll be okay no matter what. Right. This is yeah, like, that exactly. Yeah one of the options but it's not the only thing so right. I loved it and then I also applied for an advanced copy of the last book in the series uh-huh uh, through Edelweiss which if you're not doing advanced reader copies and you are interested in doing it there's this website I mean you could do NetGalley which is kind of the biggest they never give me any advanced copies though so. <laughs> uh or Edelweiss which is another one that I use and they do give me advanced copies sorry my alarm just went off I don't know what day a 6 a.m. alarm doesn't make any sense. When In the work from home thing, it's like either I'm waking up with you at 3.45 uh-huh. in the morning or I'm just like waiting till Nathan gets out of the shower. I don't know when a 6 a.m. <laughs> alarm makes sense for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, but so, yeah, I got approved for the third one and I finished Feel reading good. it. And it's kind of like a um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off sort of adjacent like. Uh-huh homage where it's sort of like a road trippy like very oh, hijinks filled book but the whole series is just super fun super sexy super light it's just great oh, um, so that was my favorite romance of 2020 and Yay. then my favorite woo woo but non-tarot book of that I read this year was Queer Cosmos uh, we oh, read yes. this together. We reviewed it for a bonus episode on the podcast. And I just... That came out this year, right? I guess I didn't actually I check. I feel
1: like it came...
0: Uh, it was I like guess it came out of the year, last maybe? year. Yeah. It came out in 2019. Um, but it really helped me this year. I did a lot more, like, astro learning stuff. And it really helped me with a lot of frameworks. Mm-hmm. When we reviewed it on the podcast, I we talked about this in more detail. But, like, it really did make things a little bit more understandable for me from, like, an astrology perspective. So I majorly appreciated that. Yeah. Well, that's a good book to revisit. Yeah. I like it. All right. So now we're going to move on to decks. Yeah. Like, everyone's anticipating the decks of the year. I know. Oh, my gosh. This was a really hard one because my brain couldn't really remember what happened this year. Like... (laughs) I had such general ideas of what I've uh-huh. this year. I did zero tracking. I didn't post okay. anything to my Instagram stories this year. So a lot of it was like me standing in front of my tarot bookshelf being like, did you did come, that out, come, this come out this year? <laughs> For me, I had only had like two box tarot boxes
1: this year, I think. Maybe three tarot boxes.
0: Yeah. Two or three. three. I think maybe, maybe one right before the pandemic and then one in November and one in December.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, so that's how I remembered. I was like, okay, this one came in one of those two tarot boxes. Oh my God, that's smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, there we go. There we go. I can do this.
1: Now we figured it out. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I want to hear about your favorite. So I guess for me, I broke it down to my favorite of the year and then my most used this year. Because it's kind of two different things. So my most used is the deck that I like was drawn to the most and kept right. pulling out over and over again but that deck came out like 30 years ago and then oh. so i also selected one <laughs> that uh came out this year that i see myself that i really really love and i see myself being right. drawn to more and more right
1: exactly yeah that's that's how i uh, differentiate the two so okay, my cool. my favorite tarot deck this year that was printed 2020 received or yeah basically received in 2020 was Star Seeker Tarot by the Van yes. Mystic?
0: Was that because this year? Jesus that Christ! That was this year. <laughs> this is yes, the problem is with the year ahead, or like now that we decided that we're going to do this for next year, we'll year. actually Had
1: track. Yeah, what remember what the
0: year was like. <laughs> or we'll just, just or just send like... Rachel and
1: she can track for us because she's already tracking her own.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
1: Can you just highlight the
0: ones in blue and purple? What we have too. <laughs> Yeah, we did ask our dear friend Rachel, Tarotidbit78, on Instagram to be our intermediary for this so that we didn't accidentally choose the same deck. yeah. And maybe we should task her at more things too. Yes, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> th- w- yes, I think she would love that. Absolutely love
0: that. <laughs> anyway, so Star Seeker Tarot, tell me why you selected that as your favorite well, of the I... Year. I-
1: I just found myself like reaching for it a lot personally. Like, I didn't post a lot to Instagram because, like, half the year was taken up by the book stuff and the other half the year was pandemic. So, well. but I just found myself personally reaching for it, like, at night or something. I'd want to have it near me, and it's just yeah. so soft. And the lavender, like, speaks to my soul essentially. Yeah. So, that's why I think, like, for me, that's kind of like the deck that kind of defined my 2020.
0: I love that way of looking at it. And it is such a good deck, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mine is the My Garden deck, which we did not review on the podcast by Poire Mole. I don't speak French, so I know that's wrong. It's Melissa. Her name's Melissa. Um, and I think that I talked about it with you, but it's square.
1: It was oh, yes, a Kickstarter yes, 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 yes. this year.
0: It's square. It has just really cute little garden based uh scenes there's mm-hmm. a ton of diversity and bodies and skin tones and experiences and i just think that it's a really really neat little deck yeah. um, i love the square shape
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i think that it's a little bit more approachable than some other squares that we've done because the whole idea is that it's all taking place within a garden basically oh i love that it's just so sweet. So it was a Kickstarter deck that came out this year. And I know that Melissa said on her website that there would be a like Etsy shop that would have the deck uh, mm-hmm. coming up in the new year. So if you didn't back the Kickstarter, but you see images or whatever, whatever, and you think that you're interested in it, just keep an eye on her Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a cute deck. I really like it's it. It's so sweet. Mm. I just love it. Like, yeah. look like this. She's just like wearing Adidas slides. The Page of Wands is this sort of <laughs> oh person. Gosh. It's just like <laughs> it feels both modern and whimsical, and I just am yeah. into it. Oh yeah, oh, that's good. What was your most used deck of 2020?
1: Probably to no surprise to anybody in my life, Memento Mori Oracle <laughs> was the most. I mean, I don't think that was like any shocker to anybody. No, 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 like,
0: definitely not.
1: <laughs> absolutely not. So yeah, I because I it's kind of like my catch all deck where. If I need something, I'll pull it out really quick. If I want to use it in spell work, I'll pull it out really quick. Like, it's just... All, it's pretty much always there with me. And yeah. I even had like I commissioned Moonlit Fay, our friend Jenna, to make a bag for us, or my, bag for us, make a bag for me. And so <laughs> not for Holly, not for Holly. Sorry, Holly. Uh, <laughs> but I was I, I saw this fabric that she had previewed. I was like, I need a memento Oracle I deck. want that. Geese. Make yeah. one for me now.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So I uh, I have so many copies of memento mori. I think that I've talked about this. I have like four copies of that deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have one in every room and I totally agree. It's such a good solid just like quick reading deck that I mm-hmm. can't imagine 2020 without it either. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny because we've talked to Claire about this just sort of personally, but one of the cards that seemed so funny when it first came out was the plague doctor card and then we ended oh, yeah. up being in the middle of a pandemic for the whole year and that card came up so much for us at the be- like yeah. in March and April when that was like you know, when the pandemic mm-hmm. was just sort of rolling out. Right, right, right. So it just feels like such a 2020 deck, and mm-hmm. we both used it a lot. And I'm super excited for the expansion packs that Claire is doing that'll be available next year for, like, m- even more nuance and stuff. But oh, it's yeah. just such a good deck.
1: Yeah, and and Holly has a card of the deck. The child card has, like, her name on it. And it would constantly, like, bug me. Like, ask Holly how she's doing. Check on Holly because something's wrong. Holly, Holly, Holly. And so oh it's, my that's, God. that's another, like, layer to the Mori deck. Just constantly reminding me
0: that Holly exists. (laughs) Whether I want her to or not. Well, it was also really interesting because when the book, before we got our book deal, uh, we used it a lot to figure out sort of like how we should be feeling and time frame stuff. And it was so much a part of all of that time period. It just, it's just such a good deck. And I'm so grateful to Claire for making it. It just is a huge part of our lives. It is. My most used deck, though, this year was Cosmic Tarot by Norbert Loesch. We reviewed this deck a thousand years ago. Yeah. And we talked a lot about how it feels so, like, 80s and 90s. Right, right, right. And for some reason, this year, it just came up for me so much. Like, I bought a vintage version, the first edition, because I liked the typeface on it. It's, like, Uh hand-drawn instead of just, like you know computer font or whatever and i just couldn't really put it down i've used it like almost every day in the last like five months that's an Aww. exaggeration i guess three months but yeah. it just now this deck really feels very 2020 to me also
1: yeah and you just have a special connection with the deck anyway
0: so exactly which you can, which you can read about when in when our book is published
1: in 2021 sometime
0: <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> So, yeah, I think that that's kind of it. 2020 was a really wild year. We had a lot of, like, growth for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, But an awful lot of frustrations and sadness, just like everybody. Um, This year was my card of the year, numerologically wise, was the chariot. And Mm -hmm. I think that that really ended up being the case. There was so much forward movement, even just in, like, accepting, like, mental health stuff about myself yeah
1: i mean and it was it was just a year of a lot of exposure for me like exposing thoughts of like like things that i assumed about other people things that i assumed about myself just being exposed and
0: it it's been a year It has been a year. And I know that a lot of people are saying like, I don't know why anyone's optimistic about 2021. It's going to be just as bad. Like if people in your life are saying that, or if your own brain is saying that to to you, just let yourself sit with a little bit of hope and optimism for 2021. We don't know what it will bring. And we know that we can get through 10 months of pandemic. And so if we have another couple half dozen months of pandemic in 2021 that doesn't have to mean that 2021 is just as frustrating and Mm -hmm. terrifying as 2020 so let your brain have a little hope that you have more established coping strategies at the very least yes and that hopefully everything will be okay eventually yeah i agree (laughs) hope yeah exactly (laughs) I have that word tattooed on my freaking body and yet still it's so easy to forget about. Yeah. So neither Esther nor I have done our year ahead spreads for 2021. We will probably talk about them briefly next week in our Mm -hmm. regularly scheduled episode. Yeah. But thank you so much for all of your support in 2020 and thank you so much for all of your love in 2020. We really appreciate you. And Esther, I could not have gotten through this year without you. And, yeah, the same. Like,
1: don't want to get emotional on the podcast, but, yes, the same. Like, it's interesting to see the contrast between, like, blood family and chosen family mm-hmm. and ha- who kind of rises to the occasion when is necessary. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been a it's Even been just a year. to
0: hear you? Like, even just... And I think that that maybe that's, like, the overarching theme of the year is that we, all of us, even if we don't have family situations like yours have had to figure out ways that we can make ourselves feel understood. And so that's meant a lot of communicating in ways that we haven't had to before, even if it's just something as simple as like comfort level with an outdoor hang or whatever, or something as serious as why do you think that, I'm lying about the severity of this. Right, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. like yeah. we're all working so hard to make sure that we're feeling heard and seen. And that has been something that I've really valued about our friendship and our partnership in this way is that I don't ever worry about that with you. So, yeah. I love you a yeah. lot.
1: I love you. <laughs> And we are now common law married in the eyes yeah. of podcasters.
0: So. In the eyes of Twitter, who <laughs> Esther shared a tweet with me today that was like, if you co-host a podcast, you're common law married. And I was like, yep, sounds about right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> Nathan would actually probably agree with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, we love you, Wildlings. We appreciate you you so much. much. And we also want to hear about what your favorite decks and books of the year were. So make sure that you take to our Facebook group or to our Instagram. Uh 2021 is going to be a year where we're more consistent with actually checking our Instagram, (laughs) other than Esther posting the images. It's technically my responsibility to be looking at the Wildly tarot Instagram. It's part of our established set of boundaries, and yet still twenty twenty made it really hard exactly but we do want to hear about your favorite decks and books of the year and start a conversation with
1: us about it and you can probably post it in our facebook feed and our facebook thread about this episode
0: we'll just yeah totally everybody talk about absolutely we want to hear about it and we hope that everything's great and that you're staying safe out there yeah if you have any questions
1: we have a handy dandy form on the website oh right and
0: We weren't lying when we said there was no script for today's episode, but yes, if you have tarot questions or questions about tarot, you can go to our website. Uh, We are going to have to do a big reorder of the uh, Wildly Tarot decks, so you may see some low stock right now. We're just waiting till the new year for shipping reasons. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It seems wild to ask a big old chunk of decks to make its way to California. (laughs) Uh, right now just given how shipping has been going so we're waiting till the new year for a restock Um, but you can always find all of our information and stuff at wildlytarot.com
1: and we love you and happy new year happy new year (laughs) 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 Say my korean happy new year gonna say once in a year yay (laughs) you did it (laughs) i did it we love you (laughs) love you